Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen? Amen. What do you think about life? Treat it like trash or a treasure? Every so often, when I was a Franciscan friar, we would take time for a little rest and relaxation. We called it fraternal time. Certainly, we got some extra sleep. Usually, we'd go hiking or something. But the most important thing we did was just spend time together building up our mutual relationships. While living in Ireland, I enjoyed one such fraternal outing. We had just returned from hiking in the grassy hills of Kerry. A rather frantic brother, Sean, came running in. He told us of how he had heard this horrific sound, which led him to a two or three day old kitten abandoned by its mother in the barn. For some reason, everyone looked to me to determine what to do. I guess they thought I knew feline first aid or learned something like that in the Marines or something. So I stooped down and I scooped up the frightened little kitten and there I was, it was inconsolably crying in the palm of my hand. It immediately occurred to me that I had to make one of three choices. One, I could just put down the kitten, do nothing, and let nature run its brutal course. Two, I could euthanatize the kitten, put it out of its misery and suffering. Or three, I could attempt to rescue the kitten, take it in, find food for it, and such. So that is what I did. I found an eyedropper, warmed some milk, and began regular feedings. I also let the little kitten rest on my chest to feel my heartbeat. I also discovered the joy of 3 a.m. feedings. <laughs> Thank God they don't make kitty diapers. The amazing thing is that literally within 24 hours, and I'm not exaggerating, that little frightened feline blossomed into a feisty and playful little kitten. All because of a choice I had made about life, trash or treasure. St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, had a similar experience. She was walking down the street in Calcutta when she heard the horrific sounds of crying. The cries led Mother Teresa to a dumpster. And inside the dumpster was a woman weeping and wailing. Without giving it a second thought, St. Teresa climbed into that dumpster. And as small as she was, she helped the frail but much larger lady to climb out. As they walked arm in arm to the convent, the elderly woman could not stop mumbling one thing. My son, my son, how could he do this to me? That son made a choice about his mother's life, trash or treasure. What do you think about life? Treat it like trash or a treasure? What about a pre-born baby? Trash or treasure? What about an elderly dad, my elderly dad, who is debilitated by Parkinson's disease? Trash 
or treasure? Or how about a child with Down syndrome or some other disease or developmental disability? Trash or treasure? Allow me to state the obvious. The opposite of life is not choice. The opposite of life is not reproductive freedom. The opposite of life is death. Death. Death by abortion, death by euthanasia, whatever the chosen death-dealing means is, it is ultimately a choice in opposition to life. If the opposite of life is death, then it ought to be crystal clear. Pro-choice is pro-death. If life is reduced to a choice, someone's life, be he elderly, be she pre-born, is not a treasure, it is trash, disposable. Sadly, many people would treasure the life of a little kitten over that of a human person created in the image and likeness of Almighty God. This Sunday is Respect Life Sunday. What does it say about a culture and society that it is actually necessary to have a day called Respect Life Sunday? It means that we live in a society where many have become confused about the sanctity of human life. In consideration of human life at its first beginnings, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2270 says, and I quote, human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception, from the first moment of his existence. A human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, <coughs> among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. The quote Jeremiah Chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Unless we think that abortion is a problem unique to the modern world, it is not. A teaching document from the time of the apostles called the Didache, which means the Twelve, notes that the apostles themselves taught against abortion. There is also a contemporaneous document called the Epistle of Barnabas that teaches the very same thing and many other very early sources in the church. In fact, the Catechism, paragraph 2271 adds, since the first century, the church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say abortion willed either as a means or as an end, is gravely contrary to the moral law. Now in my pastoral experience, the majority of women and men involved in an abortion suffer with immense regret. But forgiveness and healing is always possible, beginning with confession. If you or someone you know suffers from having chosen an abortion, encourage them to talk to a priest. I promise, confession is about mercy and not about judgment. Now the readings this week remind us that human life created in God's image and likeness and family life
to propagate the human race were God's creations from the beginning. The letter to the Hebrews reminds us that Jesus became less than an angel to further elevate our inestimable human dignity. Jesus did, not, Jesus did this because he treasures us. He did not want to dispose of us to the eternal trash incinerator called hell. All sins are forgivable if one is truly penitent. Indeed, God treasures us, you and me. He treasures all human beings. So then, shouldn't we therefore treasure all people equally? That is what Respect Life Sunday is all about. The catechism, after speaking about abortion, goes on to point out the inviolable sanctity of human life in all of its precious stages. In fact, the sanctity of human life created in the image and likeness of God is the basis for many positive teachings that obligate us not to harm ourselves or others, and indeed to offer practical care. Such care is traditionally called the corporal works of mercy. We have in our parish the Mercy Center, our Mercy Outreach Ministries. Respect Life Sunday challenges us to renew and to foster our sense of solidarity, of interconnectedness, and I'm going to make up a word of human kindness with all human beings, especially the vulnerable and the needy, the unborn, the elderly, and the infirm are often the most vulnerable. In seminary, I wrote an essay on end-of-life questions because I realized that people were being influenced by the murderous actions of Dr. Jack Kevorkian, also known as Dr. Death. Kevorkian, Dr. Death, was promoting assisted suicide. It used to be called euthanasia. And before that, it was called mercy killing, which at least includes the word killing as part of what it is. I urge you, if you are ever faced with an end-of-life issue in your family, to consult with a priest, any good priest. It is, an entirely po it is entirely possible to avoid undue pain and suffering for your loved ones or yourself and to provide real comfort as needed. And this is possible without going to the extreme of so-called mercy killing or whatever someone may choose to call it. The following passages from the Catechism, 2276 to 79, refer to care for the aged or the infirm. Now, I don't expect you to remember everything, but it is important that you at least hear the official church teaching. We priests are available if you need to ever talk details in your particular situations. But to quote the catechism, those whose lives are diminished or weakened deserve special respect. Sick or handicapped persons should be helped to lead lives as normal as possible. Whatever its motives and means, direct euthanasia is an act of om or omission which of itself or by intention causes death in order to eliminate suffering. It constitutes a murder gravely contrary to the dignity of the human person and to the respect due to the living God, his creator. The error of judgment into which one can fall in good faith does not change the nature of this murderous act, which must always be forbidden and excluded.
discontinuing medical procedures that are burdensome, dangerous, extraordinary, or disproportionate to an expected outcome can be legitimate. This is simply the refusal of overzealous treatment. Here one does not will to cause death. One's inability to impede it is simply merely accepted. And even if death is imminent, the ordinary care owed to a person cannot legitimately be interrupted. Things like hydration and nutrition and warmth. The use of painkillers to alleviate the sufferings of the dying, even at the risk of shortening their days, can be morally in conformity with human dignity if death is not willed either as a means or an end, but only as a foreseen and tolerated inevitable outcome. I conclude by offering you some food for thought as to why we sadly still need an annual Respect Life Sunday after 2,000 years of Christianity throughout the world. According to the World Health Organization, there are between 40 and 50 million abortions in the world each year. That's about 125,000 abortions each and every day worldwide. In the United States, that amounts to about 3,000 every day. In some countries, it has become normal, if not obligatory, to kill the aged or the infirm. Six United States have legalized so-called assisted suicide. And I am sad to say that right here in New Jersey, there is a strong effort to legalize assisted suicide. Again, talk to a priest to discuss situations in your own life as you may ever need to. Remember also our need to constantly kindle solidarity with our human brothers and sisters who suffer all manner of indignities, too many to name specifically. The brothers and sisters, the remedy to defeat all inhumanity is found in strong traditional family, where love and sacrifice is first instilled. Adding salt to the wound is the number of people who actually value animal life over human life. Genesis 2, our first reading, illustrates that as wonderful as animals are, there is simply no substitute for human companionship between two equal persons. No substitute, therefore, for family. May our prayers be in communion with our whole Catholic Church, that human life from natural conception to natural death be treasured and never trashed. And let us also pray for strong traditional families. May the Lord be praised now and forever.